Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Good morning. I don't know when you're listening to this, but this will be coming out Monday at five in the morning. So basically, when I am recording this right now, it is Sunday and it is three o'clock. I have been kind of putting off doing the pod this week just because I think I've needed a little bit of time to recoup. It's been a little bit of a hard week for me. So that is why. But this week, we are going to be doing a Q&A episode. So I'm just going to be answering your questions and diving into anything that you guys want to hear. I don't know how the new year started off for all of y'all, but for me, I feel like a lot of people might need to hear that it's okay if it didn't kind of start the way you expected it to, and it's okay if you're a little bit more stressed out, a little bit more upset, still struggling to find your specific routine, whatever it may be, it is never too late to start creating the goals and the habits that you want for your year this year, even if you're getting a little bit of a late start, okay? We're only 15 days into the year or 16 when you hear this or whatever, but there's only 15 days so far. Like I think that a lot of the way our minds work, sometimes it makes us think just because, you know what I mean, the year started like, oh my gosh, we didn't do things perfectly. Newsflash, you are never going to do anything perfectly all the time. You are going to fall off even on your healing journey or whatever it is that you're going through in your life. You're going to have moments when you slip up and you're upset or things that you thought you were over are recirculating in your life and that's okay. And I just want to normalize that for you and just let you know that whatever you're going through is valid and normal. And if you need a break, take it. If you need to take a couple of days just to kind of get to yourself and feel yourself and let emotions flow through you or whatever it may be, do it. Like I'm, I'm totally here to support you letting out whatever's going on and dealing with stress that you're dealing with so that you can move forward with the year. The longer you put off emotions that are kind of keeping you up or just things that you're struggling with overall, the longer that you kind of try to mute those and cover them with sand, let's say, they're just going to keep popping back up when you don't want them. you got to deal with the emotions whenever you feel them or as soon as you can. Obviously, we feel we feel emotions sometimes in circumstances when we aren't really given the time to feel them. So if you're out in public and you start to get sad, obviously do your best in that situation. But it's okay to be sad and it's okay to process whatever emotions that you're feeling. So do it as soon as you can. Once you're in the car on the way home, like let yourself feel those emotions and just know that I love you. And I'm sorry if you're going through something. I know we all are. We're all going through something. But just know you always have a friend in me and my DMs are always open if you need to talk. But it's been a little hard for me this week in general to allow myself to take a break because I have so many things that I want to do currently, but unfortunately, even with wanting all these things to, you know what I mean, be done a certain way or whatever, I still am a human being who's going through my own stuff. So sometimes whenever I need to take a break, it's hard for me to do so, even though that's what I preach to you guys. So I just want that to be made aware too, that like, I'm not perfect and I realize as I'm kind of doing certain things like how would I want to be dealing with this or what advice would I give a friend in a moment that needs my you know I mean advice opinion whatever it may be I need to be giving that same advice that I would give my friend to myself and actually following it if you need a break take it take it seriously take it okay quit making excuses quit multitasking while you're watching tv and you're trying to take a break put your phone down journal meditate, go on a walk, whatever it may be, definitely take some time for you. The more days that we get into the year, we're all bound to need these reminders. So I just wanted to start the episode just by saying that and that I love you all so much. And I'm really grateful to have you all. And I really appreciate your love and support always. But let's get into your question. So number one, how to be motivated with meal prepping and working out. 
So I think finding motivation in these certain categories would be to make sure that you're setting them up in a way that works for you. So making yourself excited about your meal prep. So, and also setting a specific day for it. So I'm going to break them down, but I'll start with meal prepping and then I'll give advice for the working out part two. But with meal prepping, I think the first thing is to pick a day of the week that works best for you, a day that you can stay true to every week. You know, once that kind of rolls around, Sunday's your day to meal prep. Cool. We're meal prepping on Sunday. So how can I set myself up for success on Sunday to make sure that meal prepping goes smoothly? Well, that would be to make sure that we are getting the groceries that we need and also kind of planning our meals in advance or taking time on Sunday morning or whatever to plan out the meals that you want. Also making meals that you're excited about because it can be super easy to be like, oh, I don't know what I should make. And I am so guilty of this where this is something I'm currently working on where if I don't know what I'm going to be making, that stresses me out and it just takes up way too much time. So just setting little time aside to look up recipes or find a couple things that sound good for you, and then just making a list of the things that you need for them. So for me, this week, an example, I'm gonna be eating stuffed bell peppers. I've been making them for the past three weeks. They're just really good, it's easy, and it's delicious, and I also hyperfixate on foods a lot. So if I like something, I will continue to eat that until I'm sick of it. So currently we're going on a third week of bell peppers, and I can't wait to make them. So super easy, but basically that's one example. Salmon, rice, broccoli. Love that meal. And just putting sriracha mayo on top and a little bit of coconut aminos on the rice. So good. And then what else? I have the stuff to make chili. I've had it for the longest time, like beans and like the diced tomatoes and all that stuff that I just haven't got around to making. So that's what I'm going to try to make this week too with ground turkey and whatever. If you guys want me to give any advice on specific meals or anything like that, I can totally do an episode on my favorite meals or how I go about meal prepping, whatever. But you also don't have to meal prep your entire week the day of. I've meal prepped a couple different ways and... The way that I used to meal prep, I would make the same meal for four to five days and then I wouldn't have food to meal prep on the weekends or anything. That's something that I'm now doing. I'm trying to have meals that I want to eat on the weekends to keep me from eating out as much, but I would normally meal prep all at once and that can be one, a little bit not a good idea sometimes because you can get sick of your meal halfway through the week and sometimes that can lead to you wasting food. And also it can be a little bit more overwhelming on a Sunday. You know what I mean? So what I've been doing now, I will make, for instance, the stuffed bell peppers and that will be, I make six peppers at a time. So that will be three meals for me. So I'll have that for my lunches for work this week. And then for my dinners, I will have either salmon or, um, and all that stuff, like honestly frozen food, I'll make it that night fresh in the air fryer. And I kind of just go based on whatever I'm craving, but also during my meal prep, If there's anything I want to make, like I made protein balls the other week, I would make that on Sunday during my meal prep time. Also, I went through phases where I would make my breakfast wraps on Sundays, which sometimes I will do. That's kind of nice just to have them all made and ready to go, but I haven't been doing that for the past couple weeks. So it can be as jam-packed or whatever as you want, but you can always meal prep every few days. So for instance, today I'm making those three meals. On Wednesday or Thursday, I can meal prep again with different recipes so that I'm keeping myself interested and also it's fresh and that makes you want to eat it more. And you never know, you might change your mind mid, you know what I mean, halfway through the week and you might want something else. So that's how I would recommend staying motivated, just making sure that you are planning your meals 
planning a certain day that you can make sure that you can get it in, picking meals that you're excited to eat. It doesn't have to be a freaking kale salad with no dressing. Like do not, do not do that. Like eat a meal that you're excited about, whatever it may be. You don't have to limit yourself unless you want to. You can eat everything in moderation. It's all about just kind of making healthy choices and following portion sizes if you want or whatever. But I hope that that helps with that. In regards to working out, how to stay motivated with working out, it comes down to the same type of thing. Making sure that the working out that you're doing, the exercise that you're participating in, is something that you enjoy. So if you hate working out in the gym, lifting weights or whatever, find a different exercise or keep... um, trying new classes, whether it may be Pilates, yoga, hot yoga, a spin class, hit workouts, running, whatever it may be, find what you like. And you don't have to just stick to one. You can do different stuff every day, but find what works for you. And you find what works for you just through repetition. You know what I mean? And kind of putting yourself out there to go to classes and all those things. So I would just say making sure that you're enjoying your workout and just also knowing that motivation isn't always going to be there to work out. It's not, especially if you're getting started, you're not always going to feel motivated to do it, but it's just setting that boundary with yourself that I'm going to work out. Even if I don't feel motivated at the time of me getting started for a workout, just go there, start to try to move your body or whatever in some way. And once you start moving, you're going to feel like, okay, this is it. It's more so a habit for me at this point when I know, okay, I'm working out at some point during the day before work or after work. So one, picking that ahead of time helps me stay on track. So if I know I work really, really early in the morning, I've been trying to work out in the mornings more, but just making sure that I am setting time aside each day to do that. It's not really, am I going to the gym? It's when am I going to the gym? It's not a question. Are we going today? It's when are we going today? So motivation comes and goes. I do have a whole episode on how to find motivation. So you might want to check that out. Um, I think it's my like first real episode, but I think it's episode number two, but that kind of breaks down motivation a little bit more in ways that I kind of find it in my life whenever I'm struggling with being motivated, which happens a lot, believe it or not. But, um, yeah, I would just say the more that you make something a non-negotiable, like I'm going to work out, you're not going to allow yourself to make excuses to get out of it. There's a difference between trying to get out of a workout and needing a break. So if you need a break and you feel like I mentally cannot do this right now or I physically cannot do this right now, take a break. But there's a difference between being lazy and needing a break. You know what I mean? So not to say that you shouldn't be lazy, but like I know sometimes with me, I can be like, oh, but it's just because of other things or other excuses that I'm kind of throwing in the mix. But I do know from experience and I will tell you that any time that I notice, you know what I mean? If I don't want to work out or something, once I start working out, it always makes me feel better. So for me specifically, I work out for my mental health more than anything else. And it just keeps me feeling good. And it just always shows me that I can do something hard, even when it's hard, especially if you don't want to do it. It's a little bit more hard, but once you start doing it, it just feels amazing. So that is my advice on how to be motivated with meal prepping and working out. I hope that that makes sense. If you want me to ever go into more detail on that, let me know. Number two, what do you order from Chipotle? So I get three soft tacos. I've been getting this meal, literally I'm not even kidding you, since 2013. So I get three soft tacos with light white rice, chicken, 
extra hot salsa. So the Talmatilla salsa. Someone just corrected me recently that I'm like saying it wrong. So I don't know. It's Tomatillo, Talmatillo, whatever that, whatever that is. The hottest salsa that they have. So extra hot salsa with sour cream, extra cheese, and guac. So good. So good. I swear to God, I'm thinking about getting it right now. I was given $90 for gift cards for Christmas and I'm almost out of all of my money already because once I have a freaking gift card to my favorite place, it is so hard for me not to spend it. So yeah, I might get that tonight, but we'll see. But that would be the last of my gift card, which is ridiculous. If I don't get tacos, I get the same thing pretty much, but I get a bowl. So I would, if I got a bowl, I would get white rice, pinto beans, chicken, extra hot salsa, sour cream, extra cheese, guac, and fajita veggies. And I would also get a side of chips pretty much every time I go to Chipotle, I will get a side of chips with extra hot salsa again um, and queso, a side of queso as well. So that is my Chipotle order. Normally I'll get the three tacos and chips. And if I'm really craving a bowl, which is probably 6% of the time, I will get a bowl. I'm not even messing around when I say that it is my goal and my dream to work with Chipotle. Chipotle will never find a more loyal customer than me. I promise you that. I promise you that. So Chipotle, if you're listening, I don't think you are, but you will be, okay? Because we will be working together in the future. Number three, first and second date ideas. So honestly, anything. But I think the best thing you could do on a first date before you actually like want to spend a ton of time with someone maybe is go get coffee because if the coffee date goes awful, you know what I mean? You don't have to see them again. You're not really prolonged. You aren't really obligated to spend more time with them than you want, if that makes sense. So I think um, a first date for like coffee is a good idea. You could also do drinks if you do drink alcohol or whatever, but totally up to you. I think that that's a good first date situation because you can keep it quick. I would say coffee is a better keep it quick situation just to see one, do I like this person's vibe? Do I want to see them again? Am I attracted to them? Am I attracted to their qualities? Do I like how they treat me? Whatever. You know what I mean? You get a pretty good idea if you want to spend more time with someone based on that interaction, as opposed to maybe going and getting dinner on a first date when that could be awkward because maybe you don't want to, you know what I mean? Do that already with them. It, it could go, it could go really good or it could go really bad. So maybe keeping it quick and short on the first one. And then, but really, like I said, I've went on dates where it, it's been dinner, you know what I mean? Or it's been like a dinner and an activity or whatever, and they went really well. So it totally, totally up to you. But I would say the probably coffee or drinks for the first date. And then for the second date, I would recommend doing something a little bit more fun. So like an activity and grabbing food. So if you don't want to go to a restaurant, you could maybe hit up a food truck, depending on where you live in Austin. There's a lot of food trucks here. So maybe like mini golfing or I, I mean, I think you could go to the movies if you wanted to. I don't really think there's a wrong way to go on a first or second date. Like, whatever feels right and whatever sounds good to both of y'all. So, but I would say probably an activity and grabbing food of some kind. And just making sure that you have enough time to, like, sit and talk to that person. Because you don't want to just be in a movie and, like, not get to talk to them. Because, like, that's going to be a long portion of the date. You know what I mean? Where you, like, can't speak, actually. But at the same time, I've also went to the movies and that is also a lot of fun. So it just depends what you're into 
and all of that. But I hope that that helps. I think that there's really no wrong way, but keeping it short for the first one and then trying to, and obviously like getting to know them on the first one and then mainly conversation, but it can be quick and you can leave. And then second date, more so fun activity. Like, let's see how this person, you know what I mean? Is in public with a server, whatever it may be. I think that that would be a good way of going about it. Number four, how to remove yourself from a bad relationship or why we stay in a bad relationship. How to remove yourself from a bad relationship. I would say if this relationship is something that you know is not working out for you and you're finding it really hard to be your best self in that relationship at this point, you just know it's not going to go anywhere. It would really depend on the exact situation on, you know what I mean, what makes it bad. Um, but essentially how to remove yourself from one with no context, I would say just telling that person like, listen, it's not going to work out. Like, I'm sorry. I, you know what I mean? Just being upfront. I think the best thing you can do in a relationship is be honest. Don't worry about the other person's feelings. Just be honest because either way you're going to hurt that person. You know what I mean? Probably. So just as long as you're honest and try to deliver it, I guess as good as you possibly can, um, it would depend. Like if there's physical abuse or something like that going on, I think it can be harder to kind of get out of these situations. But if it's just a bad relationship that you don't want to be in anymore and it's bringing you down in some way, I would just say having a conversation with that person and saying like, hey, like I can't do this anymore. Like this has to be done. Like I got to move on with my life. Just have a conversation. And if like things get escalated in any form or whatever, just get yourself out of that situation and maybe get a restraining order. I don't know. I would need to know more about (laughs) the bad quote unquote bad relationships, but I would say just kind of get out of it. And it's hard, it's easier said than done sometimes because if you're in that relationship, you probably really care about that person. So yeah, I think just putting yourself first and just reminding yourself that you are the most important thing in your life. And if you're not being valued and respected and treated the way that you want to be treated, then it's not a situation that you can really allow yourself to be in anymore. And the second part of this question, why do we stay in a bad relationship? I think we stay in bad relationships because it's hard for us to be honest with ourselves on the fact that it's just not going to happen. And I think because you love that person to a degree or you like them or whatever, you really, really, really want it with that person. Um, I think is also why you would stay in a bad relationship. I know I can talk from my past experience. Um, I've stayed in a relationship that turned bad because I felt like at one point in my life, I saw it with that person and I, and I thought they were my future. So it's hard to walk away even when things aren't easy because you, you thought that this person was going to be it. You know what I mean? So I think that it just becomes harder because the longer you're in a relationship, you kind of see how long have you been disrespected for or how long have your needs not been met, but you've been just forcing yourself to stay in that relationship because out of habit or out of you know what I mean? You've been together for so long or whatever it may be. I think that there comes a point when you have to put yourself first and understand like, I've been putting up with way too much. I should not be in this anymore. This relationship used to be something beautiful, let's say, or something good, but it just isn't that anymore. And it's, it's negatively affecting me. And if you notice that you're in a relationship and you're no longer able to act yourself, or you just feel like you lost part of yourself in that relationship and you don't, have like a good communication base with that person to talk out your problems and the person's not willing to work on things and they're not willing to value or prioritize you. I think you're left with no other option than to leave this person 
or even if you don't want to, I've, I can talk from experience in that when I was in a relationship and I did not want to leave, but I knew I had to. And it took you know I mean, me being left for that to happen. But once it happens, you're like, okay. And like everything happens the way that it's meant to. But I think that it's hard or it's hard to leave a bad relationship or we stay in bad relationships because it's something that we don't want to walk away from because part of us is invested in that person and in that relationship. And we just want to see the best and we want to see it, we, us make it out the other side. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of times that doesn't happen. And I think that that, you know, I mean, the relationship's going to end if it's a bad one, one way or another, either you're going to end it or that person is, or it's going to be a mutual thing, but you're going to know when it's time to leave, but it's hard to step away from something, even when it's bad. I think because we're just really hoping that it turns good. And we're really just hoping that that person changes and chooses to treat us the way that we want to be treated and deserve to be treated. Number five, what made you move to Austin? So basically I decided to move here at the end of 2020. I started thinking about it in the beginning of 2020. I went through a breakup and I knew while I was in that relationship that I did want to move to Austin and Austin was a place that I saw myself living at some point or I wanted to move to and just see the kind of like what happened here. I think it's important when you're younger or when you have the ability to move somewhere else to do it and see what you think, because I think it's the best time for you to kind of go somewhere else. You don't have any other responsibilities yet. Kids, if you're not married yet, whatever. And that was my situation. I knew if I was going to move somewhere else, it had to be when I was younger. I knew I was like, okay, cool. I was out of that relationship. I was like, I have no other responsibilities. I have nothing that I feel like is holding me to Pennsylvania right now. Even though my family's there, I've explained in the past that I'm not super close with them. So I didn't feel like I couldn't ever come back. Like you can always leave. And if you ever want to go home, you can go home. There's nothing keeping you staying wherever you decide to move. But for me, I knew I was like, okay, I'm out of this relationship this is the perfect opportunity for me to just put myself first and go and take the plunge and do what I've been wanting to do for a really long time, which is move to Austin, Texas. So that is what I did. So I moved here October of 2020. I've been here for about two and a half years. My best friend that I've mentioned so many times, Abby, she lived here, I want to say like three or four years before I moved here. So I would come and visit her probably once a year. And each time that I was here, I was like, okay, Austin's super cool. Like I always didn't want to leave. I didn't want to go home. I was like, this place is so cool. Like I want to be here. And so that's just kind of what happened. I think me being in the relationship that I was in last, I would have done anything to try to make it work at the time. So um, I did that until that wasn't a thing anymore. And so the second that I was like, okay, cool, this is all wrapped up. I figured this out. Let's go. Let's figure us out. Like, let's just do what we want to do. So I moved to Austin and it was nice because Abby was here, my best friend. And she still is here, but she is moving in literally two months, which is nuts. She's moved to North Carolina, but it was nice to move here with her. And she also gave me the option to live with her for a month or more until I found a place, which ended up being a month. So her allowing me, her and her husband, allowing me to live with them and giving me that opportunity is what sped it up for me. And I was like, okay, cool. I have nothing to lose at this point. I'm just going to go to Austin. I'm going to try to figure it out. And if it doesn't work out, I can always move home. So I wanted to at least say that I did it and I can say that. So that is why I moved to Austin and that is why I'm here. Somebody else also asked this question. I'm just going to lump it in with this one. They said that they're, they want to know what it's like living in Austin because they're moving here next week. So I think living in Austin is really cool because there's so much to do, which is something that I cannot say I had growing up. 
There's so many different things that you can do. If you want to get into outdoor activities, you can go paddle boarding. There's hiking. The weather is always basically beautiful here. Unless it's winter, there's like a time period where it might be a little bit colder. And weather is kind of unpredictable here. But for the most part, you know that you can wear a tank top, shorts at some point during the day. So I would say the weather is awesome. Even in the summers, I know a lot of people will complain that it's really hot, but to me, I think that it's pretty great because I came from a place where it's literally in like the 15s or like single digits or like 20 degrees in the winter. So I love being able to just go out in shorts and a tank top. And even if it is hot, it feels really freaking good to me. So it just depends on what kind of person you are. But I'm assuming if you're moving here next week, you already kind of know that. But living in Austin's great. I, I highly recommend it. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that live here. So and like I know the, the rates of houses are jumping all the time because of how many people are in this area currently. And a lot of people move here and people who live in Austin, they don't like when other people move to Austin. So that's just something to be aware of. Not that it matters. But yeah, they especially have an issue with people from California. So um, but basically... I think living in Austin's awesome. It feels like home to me, to be honest. And I just feel like there's so much to do and there's so many different restaurants and so many different types of food to try and everything's super close to you. Like I swear to God, it, everything's like 10 minutes away, 10 to 15 minutes away, which me being from a small town in Pennsylvania, we would have to drive a minimum of like 15, 25, 30 minutes to get to anything outside of like a pizza hut or like local shops, like our local food shops in our town. So I just love having the world at my fingertips, I feel like, here in Austin. And if you want to go to a beach, they do have, they're not like beautiful beaches, like they're cool, they're, they're beachy, but there's like Galveston, there's like a couple of different places, but you got a little bit of everything here in Texas. And I think that's why I love it most. And people are nice, I think. Number six, is the thing on your stomach a birthmark or a scar? So I just, I always think it's so funny when people ask me this, but I do want to explain on here because I get this question a lot on TikTok because I'm always posting videos with my stomach like slightly exposed and <laughs> people were like, what is that? So basically I had this spot appear on my stomach in 2020, I don't know exactly when to be honest. I want to say maybe 2021. Yeah, I think, I don't know. But basically after I did get the COVID vaccine. Um, so I don't know if that's like related or not, but my dermatologist did say it could have been a reaction from that or it could have been, I don't even know, but basically it randomly showed up and I never had this spot on my stomach and it really pissed me off once it showed up and I was kind of hoping it would go away because I'm like, what the hell? Like I've never had this before. Like what's going on? So I have that one spot on my stomach and then up a little bit, like slightly under like my like boob area there's like two other spots there too so I don't know kind of what that is but I was told by my dermatologist that it's post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation so I don't really even know let me look it up to tell you the exact definition of that the definition of hyperpigmentation can have causes that aren't due to underlying disease examples include a tattoo a suntan tanning lotions or medication side effects but post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation happens when your skin makes extra melanin after it has been irritated or injured. So I don't even know, to be honest. I'm not quite sure. But because I wasn't injured in that area. So I don't know if it was a reaction to my COVID vaccine or if 
what, but the, what the dermatologist said was that it could have been, which I think this is kind of hilarious, could have been from lime juice getting on my stomach. And what do you mean? What, like, literally, what do you mean by that? Because when would that be happening? Like, maybe when I was drinking a drink at a restaurant, maybe I put lime in my thing and I was wearing a crop top. It wouldn't have got on me and caused, I don't know, not, nothing makes sense. I don't know. All I know is that I have some post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, like a patch that's decently large right in the middle of my abdomen. And I got it biopsied whenever I went to the dermatologist just to make sure that it was nothing, obviously, just because it was a random spot that showed up on my stomach. But they biopsied it. And that's what they came back telling me, what I just told you. I'm an idiot, though. I wish I would have understood. I mean, I would have done it anyways. I wanted to make sure it wasn't something really bad. But I didn't realize that, like, a biopsy was going to mean they're cutting part of my stomach out. And I was going to have a scar in the middle of my stomach for the rest of my life. So not only do I have a patch, I now have a freaking scar inside of that. So whatever. I don't honestly don't really even care about it. I forget that it's there until people ask me about it. But that's the story. I'm fine. But for some reason, I just have a couple patches. I have that one and then I have two more just slightly up kind of where like my the bottom of a bra would touch. So who knows? But hopefully that's the end of that. And hopefully I don't get anything else like that. But they did give me a type of like ointment or like medicine, like to, a topical to apply on it. But I'm going to be honest, I did not stick with putting that on every day and it kind of smells bad. So, and it has to be refrigerated. So for me, it's hard to remind myself to go out in my fridge and apply this cream on my stomach twice a day. So I need to get like one of those little skincare fridges and put it in my bathroom so that I can just you know what I mean? I need to order some more, but I haven't done that in a very long time, but I would like to maybe lighten it up. That's the whole point. I think it's supposed to lighten it. And then in the summer, once I'm tanning, that patch gets even darker, but I have to put sunscreen on that patch. It's just a huge, huge ordeal, but basically I'm fine. But that is the explanation to the spot on my stomach. Not a birthmark though. So random spot with a scar from the, from the biopsy is what that is. Number seven, what is your biggest passion in life? I think the biggest passion in my life is sharing my story to help others. Just honestly, any, any way that I can express myself in things that I've went through to make other people feel less alone and heard. So I would say my biggest passion is that. And also animals. I'm obsessed with animals. I love animals more than anything. So animals are also a huge passion for me. And working out. Like working out also is something I really, really enjoy. But I would say, you know, I'm kind of like understanding I haven't read these ahead of time so I'm kind of like breaking this down while I read it but I would say my biggest passion in life is mental health almost um and making people more aware of the importance of mental health and sharing ways that have helped me with my own struggles with mental health because I feel like one it's not talked about enough and I feel like I've went through some things to really have like some good stuff to share and I've really done some research on ways to feel better so yeah, I guess it's sharing everything about me to help you or anyone feel less alone. Like that is what I am very passionate about and also content creating and stuff too. So I don't know, I kind of a mix of all of those, but I think it all comes down to just health and wellness and mental health and sharing anything that I can about those things to help others. Number eight, how to break the cycle of eating good for a week and then quitting. So I think with this, you got to look at it a different way. I don't know what kind of food you are currently ingesting or what kind of diets or whatever that you are currently following, the person that asked me this, but 
I think there's a lot of different diets out there and a lot of different fads and a lot of different stuff and a lot of different opinions about food and eating and all of that. And I'm not here to make anyone feel like whatever they're doing isn't correct. But I will say that what we want to do and what we want to apply to our life for the long run is something that is easily sustainable. So something that you can actually apply to your life long term. So I wouldn't say keto diet is a super cool thing to do. Not knocking anyone. And I'm not saying that it won't work, but I think that it's hard to sustain that for the long term because you're cutting out a major food group, right? So that's just an example. I'm not hating on keto. I've never done it. And honestly, a lot of stuff that I eat could be considered keto. And by that, I mean like I'll randomly have snacks that don't have carbs sometimes. So like cheese, meats, hard boiled eggs, whatever. But my point is that with you want to make sure that you're eating something that you can sustain. So if you're starting things that are hard, for instance, it also depends on how you define eating quote unquote good, because there's no such thing as eating good and there's no such thing as eating bad. So let's just get that straight really quick, because I think that that also is something that is not explained enough. I think that there are food groups that have been deemed bad or worse than others. And I think that that's fine. I think that that's just something that we might make assumptions on or opinions on based on how much sugar is in something or if something is like fruit based, if something is fruit as opposed to ice cream, I think some people would be like, okay, fruit is good. Ice cream is bad, but nothing's bad. So I just want to get that clear. Okay. Cause everything that every single thing that is food, I think you should be able to have anything at your own discretion within moderation. So to explain this, I would say don't start a diet that's extremely strict, <laughs> honestly. And I'm, I'm not trying to knock anyone. I'm just giving my opinion, okay? But I would say diets might, be, might work for some people and that is fine. But I think it's more so how to apply a healthy lifestyle overall. So whenever you're planning most of your meals for the week, right? Instead of being like, all right, I'm not gonna have anything bad this week quote unquote bad. Like you're going to try to make healthy choices. So like instead of eating maybe a donut for breakfast every morning, maybe try to have like some oatmeal or you know what I mean? Just look up like healthy things, healthier options. So you're applying healthier options most of the time. But if you want a cookie, like I have edible cookie dough in my fridge. Okay. And I just got another thing of it. I'm picking up here for dinner tonight. Like I'm picking it up with my groceries because I think that it's important to have stuff like that in the house. And it's not bad. Like, I just want you to know it's not bad. I eat ice cream when I want ice cream. I eat Chipotle when I want Chipotle. I work out. You know what I mean? I do I do my hard work. There's no food groups that I think you should have to be completely exiting out of your diet or your lifestyle. So essentially, I know I'm kind of rambling and I'm not trying to offend anyone with my opinions because I'm not a dietitian or whatever. I'm just giving you my own ideas and opinions based on my life and also things that I've learned because I am very interested in the health and wellness space and I do I have looked into like a lot of stuff like that I know a lot of people who have done diets and it's hard to keep up with something that is not easily sustainable like to cut out a whole food group is hard you know what I mean that's just like not realistic at some point you're going to eat bread and then you're going to feel bad about it you shouldn't feel bad about eating bread okay you need carbs your body needs carbs for energy it's good. You want carbs. Your body genuinely needs it. So, and there's carbs in vegetables and there's carbs in fruit and there's carbs in pretty much everything. Obviously there's simple carbs and complex carbs and I'm not going to get into all that, but to summarize it easily, I would say that the best way to breaking the cycle of kind of switching up your habits is making your overall diet healthy. 
So, and just making healthy choices, not cutting out donuts, not cutting out cookies, but limiting them, not having them every day, having them when you crave them sometimes, because the longer that you say, you know what, I'm not allowed to have cookies. I'm not allowed to have donuts. I'm not allowed to eat these things. You are eventually going to hit a point where you indulge, overindulge in those things. You're going to be, you're going to be a little out of control probably in those areas, as opposed to if you just let yourself have one cookie and show yourself like, Hey, I deserve that cookie. I've been working my ass off. That cookie is not going to completely deter all of your hard work and all of your good results that you've been having. If you don't let yourself have that cookie, you might have six cookies in one sitting at one point because you're kind of like hitting a point of like, oh my God, I want this. I haven't had this in so long type thing. As opposed to just having it. Anything is good in moderation. You are allowed to have certain foods. I am not a doctor. I am not a nutritionist. I am not a personal trainer. So I am just kind of sharing with you things based off of my own knowledge in health and fitness and all that stuff. But basically just making sure that the food that you ingest every single day is food that you're not only excited to eat, but food that is also good for you. So what I try to do is eat 60 to 80% healthy during the week. And then the other 20%, I can eat what I want. And not that I don't eat what I want right now, but I make healthy choices for my breakfast, lunch, and dinner during the weeks, or I try to. Weekends, I eat out. I eat out more than I should. And I eat Chipotle a lot. And Chipotle is looked at as healthier. But if you look at the ingredients... It's pretty high in fat. It's pretty high in sodium. It's pretty high in a lot of things. So everything's good in moderation, but I can tell you I'm eating Chipotle more than I should be for my goals and my life, but I have an addiction. So, um, and it's also, I could be, I could have worse addictions. You know what I mean? I could be smoking cigarettes or I could be doing something else, but to not break the cycle and go back and forth between, you know what I mean? Your, your food habits and everything I think would just be by kind of how I explained it, if that made sense, just by making sure that the foods that you are eating throughout the week are foods that you want to eat. So you don't feel like you're depriving your body of any food groups or any foods that you're craving. Allow yourself to have cravings and eat things within reason. But maybe instead of having chips every day for lunch, maybe have apple slices or like a fruit squeeze or um, like popcorners instead of like Lay's salted chips. I don't know. Okay. I'm just giving you some ideas here, but follow something that you can continue with long-term and just do something that works best for you. Number nine, favorite thing to do when I need to pull myself out of a bad day, week, or situation. I am so big on self-care and I think that if I'm having a hard time in general, just being extra easy on myself and understanding that things that I might want to do, I cannot physically do right now. And I need to take a break and allow myself to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling kind of like what I talked about in the beginning of this episode. Um, but my favorite thing to do when I just, honestly, I do isolate, um, sometimes, and that's just spending time by myself. I think that there's healthy isolation. And I think that there's negative isolation when it kind of goes across like more to a not so good situation because I think that you need to be around people also but when I'm going through a hard time I do need alone time and I need to be able to kind of understand why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling take the time to journal take the time to just fill my brain with good things and things that remind me of my goals things that remind me of the things that make me happy depending on what this situation would be and just know that it is not a long-term thing for you, whatever you're going through or whatever is happening in your week or situation or your bad day, like everything's going to pass. So I try to remind myself of that stuff, but I just allow yourself to take a break. But I also 
when I need to pull myself out of a situation, I would say the the best thing for me to do would be to go on a walk. Um, that's like the first thing I would do if I'm just like overwhelmed and I can't like get my mind where I need it to be. I would say I would go on a walk with my dog and listen to a podcast or yeah, probably that listen to a podcast and go on a walk. If I'm really going through it, maybe don't even listen to a podcast, but just something that's going to kind of get you out of that negative headspace that you're currently in and just allow your, yourself to feel them and just allow yourself to feel the emotions that you're feeling. Also working out always helps if I'm going through something, it's a nice way to just kind of get in the zone, move my body, which is going to make me feel better. And also lets you think like, okay, cool. Like this is a goal I had for myself today. And I conquered that. It just makes you feel good. And it releases like endorphins that genuinely make your brain and body feel amazing. So moving my body really is a good way to help kind of pull me out of bad days or situations, but also moving your body you might still be sad if you're working out, you know what I mean? Or doing things like that. I don't know what bad exactly like what's going on, you know what I mean? In your case or whoever's case, but it would be different for everyone. But if you are really struggling to the point where you can't do anything, genuinely just take a day off and lay down and cry if you need to, or ignore people if you need to, or, and get back to people later, take the time that you need for yourself. But my favorite thing to do would be probably go on a walk with my dog, pet my dog and just like not check my phone and just like genuinely just try to zone in with my pup and kind of just remember the important things in life. Basically any time that I'm going through something though, or if I'm having a bad day, I, I seriously always will get Chipotle. It is not only an addiction, it's a coping mechanism for me. It makes me feel good. I'm like, oh, at least I'm getting Chipotle. It's like, all right, things aren't so bad. We're getting Chipotle, I swear. So <laughs> I would say that is something that I like to do too. I like to treat myself with good food. Number 10, what does a self-care day for yourself look like? So I would say a self-care day for me would be sleeping in a little. So not waking up like extremely early. I would say getting like at least seven or eight hours of sleep and then probably sleeping in till like eight or nine, who knows. But I like to sleep in a little bit sometimes and then I will get up and kind of get my day going with the things that make me feel good. So journaling, checking my positivity, like quote thing, my devotional and finding time to meditate. What I've been doing a lot recently is meditating while like on my way to the gym. And by that, I mean, just it's literally just me listening to positive, good things that I'm hearing and it helping me regulate my breathing because that's something that I struggle with. But um yeah, so basically that's what I'll do. I'll make sure I'm kind of doing the things that I know make me feel good. Go work out, preferably in the morning or like earlier in the day to like start my day and kind of get my day in a good direction. And then I would say a really good um, thing I like to do is walk my dog, like I said, but I love walking downtown around Ladybird Lake. So I would say walking Marshall there for a long walk if I can. Um, listening to podcasts always. I love listening to podcasts. It's such, it's like genuinely one of my favorite things to do. And then probably just take time to myself, like possibly get my nails done or a pedicure, maybe get a massage. Like that would be a great self-care day for me. But normally I won't do that all the time. Like I'll get my nails done like maybe twice a month. I'll get a massage maybe once a month. I haven't done that this year, but I used to. And that's like the best thing you can do for yourself is get monthly massages but my lady retired. So if anyone in the Austin area has any good massage therapist that they recommend, let me know. I would love to know. But yeah, doing those things, getting a little bit of work done, genuinely like doing this type of stuff or like 
posting TikToks and all that, like that makes me happy. And it's just such a normal part of my day. So doing a little bit of that and cleaning my house, maybe a little bit, getting stuff done, being able to check things off my to-do list just makes me feel good. And then getting my favorite food, whether that would be just like takeout from somewhere or Chipotle. It's pretty much always Chipotle, but I do love Texas Roadhouse. I do love getting ramen. I do, I, I love a Dallas filet, okay? I, I love steak. So that is what I'll get when I go to Texas Roadhouse. So just getting food of some sort that makes me feel good and then allowing myself to do whatever I want. Allowing myself to do whatever I want is the best form of a self-care day. And most of the time, a self-care day for me is spent alone because I'm just trying to care for myself um, and do things that way. Also, shopping would be a really good one, but I don't do that that much. Just basically listening to my body and allowing myself to do or not do whatever I want. I think that's the best way to have a self-care day. Just listening to your body and listening to what you want to do. Because if you're going against what your body wants, it's automatically not a self-care day because you're forcing yourself to do things that your body's not quite up for, but you're going to do it anyways, you know? Spending alone time is huge for me. You guys already know that. And that kind of jumps into my next question, actually. So last question, I think, for this episode, number 11. First time living alone, how to not feel lonely or embrace the loneliness. So living alone is something that I have done so much. So just to give you guys a little bit of background on me living alone, just so you know, like how long I've been doing this for. So in college, my freshman year, I had a roommate, but I spent a lot of my time alone still. I didn't really, you know what I mean? Like I kind of did my own thing anyways, but So I did have a roommate for my first year and then I transferred to a different college that was three hours away and I lived alone. Yes, I did. I'm trying to remember. Yes, I lived by myself for that year in a studio apartment and I always have thrived. I don't know. I always have thrived alone and I think I've explained to you guys in the past that I think a huge part in that is because I kind of was an only child because I'm my dad's only child and I spent most of my life with him mainly I feel like but I do have siblings as well they're half siblings so and obviously I was around them a lot more as a whole family when I was younger but as I got older I spent most of that time with my dad so I think I got used to kind of doing my own thing relying on myself being my person you know what I mean so I think that that is why I find comfort in being alone because I also have learned to be myself and I feel like I'm my most authentic self and just when I'm by myself. So, but obviously I love my friends and I love spending time with my friends, but it's, I don't know, just a little thing about me. So basically I lived alone my sophomore year of college, my junior year of college, I got roommates. So I lived with two of my friends and then, and that was fun. And then my senior year, I went back to living alone. So lived alone again. And then I moved to Pittsburgh and then I lived alone again. So I, I I pretty much have been doing this like the whole freaking time. And then I moved to Austin and I lived with Abby and Alex, um, her husband, for like a month. And then I got my own place and I've lived alone since. So I've been living alone for most of my adult life. And I think that it's really good, but it also can be really hard, especially if you struggle with anxiety, depression, any type of stuff like that. I think that when you're by yourself, you're more aware of you feeling these things and feeling this way. And I think that when you live with people it kind of gives you a little bit of an escape and it gives you, it kind of forces you to not isolate to a degree. Cause I think that depending on your personality type and sometimes depending on what you're going through, it can be easy to isolate yourself a little bit. So, um, and I, I can speak from experience in that one. And not that I do it a lot, I always will force myself to go and do things and stuff. Um, but I do notice that I 
it's easier to isolate yourself sometimes whenever you're used to being alone all the time. You're like, oh, I could go do something or I could stay here and get blah, 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 all this stuff done. You know what I mean? So how to not feel lonely when you're alone, I think, is to start to enjoy being by yourself. So if being by yourself is not something that you enjoy doing currently, if it's not something that you're comfortable with, I think it's finding comfort in being alone and understanding that that, like you got you for life. No one's got you like you got you. Like you literally are with yourself forever. So finding comfort and being comfortable in your own presence, I think is so important because if you cannot be comfortable in your own presence, it's hard for you to show up with other people probably, or maybe not. I don't know, but I think how to not feel lonely when you're living alone is just to one, start to enjoy being by yourself and really getting to know yourself overall and finding things that you like to do in your free time when it's just you so that you can kind of get into those things when you're by yourself or just, I don't know. But I think it is easy to feel alone sometimes when you live by yourself because you are on your own. Like my best friends here, like they live here, like my one best friend, she's married. So like she's got her own shit going on a lot of the time as she should. And then my other best friend, I see her, um, like, you know what I mean? Pretty much every day. Cause we'll go to the gym together and stuff and we'll do stuff on the weekends too. But when you are by yourself living alone, you're going to have waves of loneliness. And I think that that's normal. And I think it's finding comfort and finding normalcy in those moments, but knowing it's okay that, you know what I mean? You're by yourself. I think the more that you're alone and you start to really enjoy your own company, the less alone that you'll feel, but you will feel alone sometimes still. You might feel like you're, you know what I mean? Your family's so far away and you have no one to turn to or whatever. I think it's just staying connected with people, even in the midst of you living by yourself, having plans throughout the week, like maybe wanting to grab dinner with a friend, just making sure that you're still going out and you're doing things to see the people in your life that you feel connected with. Make your home a place that feels like home. Decorate it the way you want it. Make it cozy. Light, light candles. You know what I mean? Make yourself dinner. Um, get a pet. I would say getting a pet would be really, really, really good for you actually um, on how to not feel lonely living alone. Because I think if I didn't have Marshall, I don't know if my experience with living alone would be quite the same. I lived alone for one year without a pet, but I did have Marshall my senior year of college. I had him my junior and my senior year of college. So I think having a pet really helps because like you have basically like someone with you all the time, um, your little best friend, your little person, but just embrace the loneliness in the way of understanding that you're not going to always have that. Like the time that you have right now to spend by yourself alone, you're not going to have that forever. And you're eventually going to find someone that you probably want to spend the rest of your life with. And then you're going to be with them all the time. So I think taking advantage of the moments and the time that you have with yourself right now and really just dive into getting to know yourself, why you are the way that you are and what you want in life and really just taking the time right now to be selfish and allow yourself to get to know yourself and figure out what it is that you want so that you can make that happen for yourself. And I think that that's like the best part about embracing the alone time and any type of loneliness just knowing that nothing's permanent and feelings of loneliness are valid and they're going to happen and not to think that it's the end of the world when you experience them because it's going to happen and you got to be okay with those feelings. You got to be okay with feeling alone because feeling alone is going to make you understand what it's like to be not alone so much more and have that community and just feel, you know what I mean, at peace and in love or, you know what I mean, loved in general. I think that that's what's going to, help with that. So I hope that that explains that question, but I think just making sure that you're kind of making your space your own, 
getting on a schedule with yourself. So like once you get your routine down and whatever, just making sure that you're prioritizing your mental health above all else. Because I think if you're not, it can be easy to kind of maybe get into slumps of depression or something like that. I don't know. I think everybody's a little bit different. So I don't know if what I'm saying will work for you. But if you struggle with anything at all, and let's say you ever do find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with some things, please don't hesitate to get a therapist and figure out, I mean, have someone to talk to about these things. Because I never want you to feel like you're by yourself or feel like you have no one to lean on. Because you do. You always do. Um, I promise. Even if your brain makes you think that you don't, I promise that you do. And there's people that care about you and love you so much. So a therapist is something I highly recommend. And I will be doing an episode on therapy and why I think it's important and everything. So Um, I will be explaining that more, but I hope that that answers your question and good luck with living alone. I think it'll be really good for you. And I think in general, I always, always say this, that I think like everyone needs to live alone at least once in their life. Not that everyone does, not everyone's going to have that opportunity, but you don't really get to know yourself the way that you get to know yourself when you live by yourself. Basically, it's a completely different experience and you learn how to be someone that someone would want a room with basically you learn habits that you have that maybe you don't want to take you know what I mean into the rest of your life and you just learn on all the areas that you want to improve on I think that it's a really good learning experience on how to get to know yourself for sure so that is that for this week's episode guys I just wanted to answer some of your questions and I figured a Q&A episode this week could be the best way for me to do that just because I wasn't quite feeling up to an outline and kind of planning a whole episode this week but little life update So I will be going to Florida next Saturday. It's the 21st to the 26th. I will be in Florida. And Abby's mom retired 35 years she worked, I want to say. And so she got got herself 35 days in a house in Orlando. So we're going to stay with Mick. Can't wait. That's Abby's mom. So I'm going to be flying there on Saturday, coming back the 26th. And we are going to go to Hollywood Studios one day in Disney. And I thought we were going to go to Universal, but I don't think that's going to be happening. So it's going to be beach days, chilling at the house, hanging with Ab, her family. I can't wait. So that's what I'm going to be doing this upcoming weekend. I cannot wait to be in Florida. I cannot wait to have the sun shining on my face and just like let go of things for a second. So I'm very excited for that. Outside of that, I think I've just been trying to continue on with my habits and all that stuff this year and really just kind of do the things that I need to be doing to better myself. And I'm really trying to figure out my next steps for my career and ways to get myself out of dental hygiene. That's kind of where I'm at currently. So I'm just trying to force myself out of my comfort zone this year in every way possible. So doing the things that make me uncomfortable, if I even feel uncomfortable, I'm doing them anyways. Like it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. So doing the things on your bucket list, like not your bucket list, but doing the things that you've really wanted to do even in your city, let's say. So if you want, if you've wanted to go to certain coffee shops, making yourself go. So like this past weekend on Thursday, I have lived in Austin, like I said, for two years and I've never been to Joe's coffee. And if you were from Austin or you live here, you know how ridiculous that is. And I've always wanted to go. I've been by it. I've walked by it, whatever, but I've never had their coffee. So I did a walk around Lady Bird Lake, which is something that I'm trying to do like at least weekly. And I told myself like, you were going to Joe's today. Like you are not making excuses. Like you're going, you wanted to go for so long. Like you were going. And I think a lot of times there's things that we might want to do, but we always feel like, oh, we need to go with people or, you know what I mean? You want to go with someone or you're going to wait for this or that. 
No, we're not waiting for anyone. Okay. And we're not waiting for anything. You are going to go do whatever it is that you want to do. And you're going to make those experiences for yourself. Okay. That is the plan. So basically that is a life update. I hope that you guys are having a freaking great week so far. And I hope that this year is kind of getting kickstarted for you in a good way. I know even if it isn't, don't let yourself be discouraged or anything like that. Things are going to work out exactly how they're supposed to. Okay. I love you so much. I'm going to say mental health tip of the week. Allow yourself to have one night this week where you relax. And when I say relax, I mean like you aren't on your phone watching, like watch a movie, but do not be on your phone. Like allow yourself to fully enjoy and be present with whoever you're with, whatever experience you're having and just be in the moment. Try to be really present this week and just allow yourself to take a break at least one night this week and do something for yourself that you've been wanting to do. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm going to have an episode coming out next week, just because I will be in Florida. Depending on how this week goes, I might try to get a podcast all done before I leave for Florida so that I can just be posted for you guys on Monday, but I don't want to promise that. So I might see you guys next Monday. Okay. But if I don't, I will see you the Monday after. Okay. Love you so much. Bye.